5: Well, good morning, and welcome to Financial Issues. I'm your host, Shanna Burt, and we are here live with you today, for most of you anyway. Some of you, the program is a little bit delayed, and for those of you that only catch us on Saturday on an AFR station, we're so sad to hear that you only get us on Saturday, but you can find us live uh, every weekday at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. The best way to catch us is on our phone app, which is now fully functioning again. So we have the live watch. Function where you can do that, and you can now listen again. There's a listen only feature, so you can catch us live, or you can go back and get us um, at any of the podcasts that are there on the phone app or on Apple, Spotify. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. So if you're watching us there on social media, that's a good place for you to be watching today because our phones are down. So we are going to be taking your, your questions, but for now, you'll have to post them on social or on the website, financialissues.org. Um, our team is working tirelessly in the background, though, to get the phones back up. So we will let you know if they do come back up live. I want to give a little recap for the economic news for the week. So last week, we saw softer CPI numbers. And this week, again, softer inflation numbers as the PPI came out. That's the producer price index. That's the uh, increase in wholesale goods, which Inevitably, gets passed on to the consumer and ends up in CPI. And then we heard, uh, Lael Brainard, she's the vice, the Fed vice chair, and she uh, issued sentiment earlier this week that she thinks that inflation is becoming quote unquote well anchored. So, um, no real dovish moves yet, saying that they're going to reverse course or anything. Um, That crazy. But the PPI numbers did come out month over month flat. So not that we're going in the other direction. We're still seeing inflation at historical highs, but we may have seen inflation peak out earlier this year. In June. So the headline year over year number was 8%. And this is again for the producer price index versus the 8.3% that was expected and off the peak in March for PPI at 11.7. So um, the best news there was that the month over month number didn't increase. And then on the flip side of that, we had another Fed chairman yesterday, James Bullard, speaking, laying out two different scenarios for the Fed Fund's terminal rate. So the terminal rate is kind of the target that they expect to have to get to to get inflation under control back down to the 2 to 3% range. So the two scenarios he laid out, which was 5%. And that's the number that we've been hearing, that terminal rates are going to be in the fours, maybe 5%. And he also said the S word. He said seven. So he laid out a scenario of what seven would look like. And that's what's got the markets really spooked right now. Of course, they are. Uh, The market is fearing that the Fed will continue to lead from behind and will overdo it. And we will not get this soft landing in the economy that we were hoping for. Um, One of the Fed's other mandates is in the labor market to keep full employment, but that's one of the things that they are looking at. We've had a really, really strong labor market in this country for a while. We've had unemployment at historical lows. We've had almost two open jobs for every person seeking employment. That makes uh, an environment where employees can go to their employers and ask for more money, or if they don't get it, they can go to another company that's offering more money or better benefits or... Whatever that might be, the ability to work from home in the corporate culture where companies are calling their employees back in. So then we get some numbers out for employment for the labor market, and the number of Americans filing new claims for unemployment fell by 4,000 to 222,000 for the week ending November the 12th. That was a little bit below expectations, and it points to a continuing tight job market, which is going to only egg the Fed on to continue their tightening policy. Um, we've also heard news in the last few days that there's been around 24,000 layoffs announced between Amazon, Meta, and other tech companies as they're seeing weakness in the economy. Continuing unemployment claims continue to increase this week at uh, 1.0, a little over 1.5 million for the week ending November the 5th, bringing the four-week moving average for unemployment Uh, increasing again. It's been increasing since the end of September to 221,000. So um, we are seeing a a bit of weakening in the labor market, which could be an argument for the Fed to uh, chill out just a little bit. Um, But talk is not cheap when it comes, when it's the Fed's lips who are moving. So that is, you know, the, the tools that the Fed has is uh, raising the rate, the interest rates, and it also has fit, uh, quantitative tightening or easing, easing, which is where they control, help control the money supply by buying U.S. debt. And they have not only been in a pattern of increasing rates, but they have done a lot of talk about quantitative tightening, which is to let some of that debt roll off of their balance sheet. And they've done some of that. But perhaps, you know, they're just, Anytime the, the Fed sneezes right now, the markets are moving. So they're moving in negative direction based on this, even this thought of going to 7% on a terminal rate. So, you know, they, they continue to say that they're going to be very data dependent. We've got one more inflation reading before they give their dis, their rate decision in December. We'll see how that comes out. But I just hope that they're not discounting too much, you um, what's happening in the housing market. So the housing market has definitely slammed on the brakes with interest rates going as high as they have right now, not to mention if they go even higher, who knows how much that will continue to bring the housing market down. But there's a good chunk of CPI, which is the inflation number, that is made up of rents. Rents have been coming down Um, since the end of September. So there is a little bit of a lag for that number to actually show up in CPI. So CPI may stay stronger for longer than what the housing market is actually indicating inflation is. So there is a little bit of lag time there. Retail sales numbers came in pretty strong, but it was really a tale of two cities when it came to retailers this week as far as it goes with Walmart and Target. Um, Both companies not biblically responsible. This is not a a recommendation to buy or sell either of those two stocks, but just more of a commentary on the general retailers in general. So Walmart came out way better than expected. Target disappointed severely. The difference there is that Walmart gets most of its, re- or more of its revenue from groceries. Target only getting about twenty percent. Walmart getting somewhere uh, over fifty percent of their revenues from groceries. And what we've really seen in Walmart's reports is that consumers are shifting what they spend. They're still strong, they're still spending money, but they're spending more money because they have to. They have to pay the higher prices for the groceries and the necessities, and Target has more of a discretionary business. So Lowe's and Home Depot also came out saying that people are starting to tap into the equity of their home just to fix up what they have since they have those golden handcuffs, meaning that they've got interest rates, a mortgage with a very, very low interest rate, and they're not willing to trade that in for a 7% 30-year mortgage. So housing numbers also for building permits and starts came out lower as expected. So we hope that you're going to stick with us. You can, uh, well, we're going to take a short break and then we're going to be back right after that. I'm your host, Shanna Burt, and we'll be back right after this short break.
0: Thank you for your services, and I just want to call to encourage everybody listening to become members.
6: At Financial Issues Stewardship Ministries, our goal is to help Christians make financial
0: decisions that honor God. I have never found anyone in the finances, even Christians, who have this passion and and the honesty that you have. You're not taking anything in. It is incredibly generous
4: of you what you're doing. Go to financialissues.org and become a partner today.
0: American Family Association President Tim Wildman Why does AFA exist? Well, we're here to inform, equip, and activate individuals and families to transform the culture We want to make an impact on our country for Christ That's the reason my dad, Don Wildman, started this ministry 40 plus years ago Dad was concerned about the direction America was headed And he was determined to do something about it Maybe that describes you today. If it does, I want to strongly encourage you to consider a charitable gift annuity to American Family Association Foundation. This will benefit you and it will ensure that we stay in the fight for a long, long time to come. That's the AFA Foundation. Call the AFA Foundation at
2: 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345.
3: I got to hear how strong her heartbeat was. I was like, I felt like she was supposed to be here. And it didn't matter what anybody else told me. All that mattered was that I was blessed with the ability to carry life inside of my body, and that baby was supposed to be here for something, and that was all that mattered.
0: This is the story of a young lady who decided to keep her baby after hearing her baby's beautiful heartbeat on ultrasound. The Ministry of Preborn provides ultrasounds for pregnancy centers across America for free. When an abortion-minded woman hears her baby's heartbeat on ultrasound, she is 80% more likely to keep her baby, and the story does and end there. Your gift of $140 will cover the cost of five ultrasounds. All donations are tax deductible. You can help save a baby's life right here in America by donating to Preborn. To donate, dial pound 250, keyword baby, pound 250, baby, or donate securely at preborn.com. That's preborn.com.
6: Do you know what you are supporting when you purchase mutual funds and stocks? think about it when you invest in a company you make a decision to support the things that that company supports and it may not be things that you agree with
5: we had no idea that we were supporting things like abortion gambling and pornography thanks to financial
6: issues we have changed all of that and have never felt better about our money
5: we are honoring god
6: the best decision we have ever made Financial Issues is a ministry teaching people like you how to invest biblically, responsibly, keeping your investments clear of companies that may support an ungodly agenda. Grow your money God's way. Learn more by going to financialissues.org. Become a partner. Honor God and take control of your finances. Financialissues.org.
2: Now back to financial issues Week in review.
5: Welcome back to financial issues. I'm your host, Shannon Burt, and we have a special guest with us here today. We've got Craig Halgard. Welcome, Craig. Thanks for being here.
0: Oh, well, my pleasure, Shannon. Great to great to speak to you again.
5: Well, there's some news this morning in Russia, Ukraine about the uh, about the grain market. Some of the things that are happening. Tell us what's happening over there and what that means for us.
0: Well, they uh, came up with an agreement to extend the uh, export corridor uh, for Ukraine, which is going to allow Ukrainian grain uh, to continue to flow in the export markets. And um, that's, that's hitting the market fairly hard this morning. We've got corn down 7 or 8 cents. We've got beans down uh, and, and, and wheat's down 15, 16 cents as well. Beans are down 10, 11 right now. So kind of reacting to the news. We've really been living and dying with with uh, Russian news here recently. Earlier in the week, of course, there was uh, the rumor that uh, Russian missile had, had struck in uh, struck in Poland, and and that rallied sharply. So it's it's one of those deals, I guess. We're just kind of living and dying with with news out of Russia, Ukraine these days.
5: Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk about some history. So give us some of the history of uh, of one of our main crops here in the U.S., starting with the Mayflower Voyage and the first Thanksgiving, since we're having Thanksgiving next week.
0: Well, it's just kind of interesting when you think about it. Obviously, we're facing inflation right now. If you look at what Thanksgiving's going to cost this year compared to last year, it'll be a little bit more. We've got cost of turkeys up about 17% year over year. Um, of course, we've had the, the bird flu this year that's killed about 50 million chickens and turkeys in this country. And, and it, you know, consumers are, are feeling that pinch, but we've never felt uh, the starvation and hunger that the, the original pilgrims had, Shanna. Um, yeah. you know, on the Mayflower, we had 102 passengers and 45 of them died that first winter and in large part due to poor nutrition and and inadequate housing during some, some pretty harsh conditions. Um, you know, then the people that came through that, a lot of the, the seed that they had brought over from uh, from Europe to plant just didn't didn't function and didn't, didn't produce in, in the soils and, and the climate that they had to try and grow a crop in over here. As you think about God's providence and things, you know, uh, of course the pilgrims were met by, by a Native American who spoke English and what, what are the odds of landing on the shore in 1620 and already having a native there that spoke English? And you know, I, I just think God prepared that and had Squanto there, and and he taught him how to how to grow corn. And corn was of course a crop that didn't exist, and has become the, the kind of the the foundational crop for for the world when you look at what we use for human consumption and animal feed. Of course, all ethanol and everything, corn is corn is king. But to the pilgrims, that was a brand new crop. Uh, and then we had Squanto there, of course, that, that knew how to grow it, knew how to speak English, could communicate and really help the pilgrims through a, a real tough time. So that was, I guess, really the, the first introduction when when Corn really first made a, an appearance for uh, for Europeans. And,
5: yeah, that's great. So what are some of the practical lessons that we can take away from this? You mentioned the providence of God and what are the odds of, of having a, an Indian that spoke English and <laughs> how everything played out with that first Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. A lot of the things that, you know, Squanto had were real practical. Back then, you, you heard about how they'd stick a fish in with every seed of corn. Well, it turns out fish are a pretty decent to source of nitrogen. So, really, the, the nitrogen fertilizer that the farmers are utilizing today, um, you can trace back to fish. It's a lot easier to apply commercial fertilizer than Trying stuff efficient with every every seed would not be super practical today. But again, a lot of the things that they were doing, uh, we've continued to do it just at a at a different level. Mm-hmm. And one of the other things that's changed dramatically, and I, I really think it's uh, just God allowing us to unlock the the potential inside of that seed of corn. We don't know what the yields were obviously back in 1620. Not real good farm records from there, but the USDA did start tracking. Um, National average yields back in 1866. We do have quite a few years of of uh, records. In, in 1866, uh, the the national corn uh, yield was 24.3 bushels per acre, and it, it stayed that way for a lot of years. You go back up to 1926, which is 60 years later, and we're still at 25.7. Into the Dust Bowl days, uh, 1936, when we're drought in different conditions. That year, we only averaged eighteen point six. So corn was was kind of just stuck. There just we're not seeing any big increases in, in production. Um, but then we started to see things like uh, cross pollination. Hybrid corn started to come in, and, in the late nineteen thirties, and and um, since then, we've really seen scientists really kind of work diligently to unlock uh, the potential that God placed in that that seed of corn. Um, mm. Today, well, well, last year, 2021, we had a, a national average yield of 176.7 bushels per acre. Uh, and as you look at what the potential is out there, there's a, the National Corn Growers Association sponsors a yield contest every year. There's a gentleman in Virginia that has really made a science of understanding the, the needs of corn, how to plant it, and how to maximize it. Uh, In 2019, he averaged a little over 616 officials on on a a plot that he was growing to to try and show what was possible for corn. So we've we've really seen, I think, a a couple of miracles. You go back to the miracle of the pilgrims with, uh, in my mind, God providing uh, a native that that spoke English and and was friendly and and, and helped them survive and and get, get established in this new world. Uh, and then you look at the the work that scientists have done to unlock the potential that God placed in that seed of corn to allow us to, to really feed the world. You know, it, when I was a kid, the, the population bomb, I think, was out there. They're talking about mass starvation. And, um, you know, obviously that never came to pass. It was was totally fictitious, but it was fictitious because uh, we were able to kind of on. Un- Turn loose, I guess, the power that God has placed inside these seeds And and start to see more of their potential
5: Yeah, that's great You know, that really helps us to remember That God made everything He owns everything and his ways are way higher than our ways. So I, I found that very interesting when you sent me that information, that we went in 1866 from a yield of 24 bush- bushels per acre all the way up to 176 now with that farmer that you mentioned getting yields at 616. Now, that those are God's numbers. <laughs> that is God's economy. And, you know, we never... We can never underestimate how much we don't understand about God's creation and the ways that He provides for us, but He always does because I thought it was very interesting we talked about just the other day here that the population of the world on Tuesday hit the eight billion people mark. So there's always this talk of starvation and you know we just have to remember as Christians that God is owns it all, he controls it all, he's sovereign, and he's going to provide for us.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Craig, think, you know, If I could take one more leap here, you know, we, we've seen uh, unlocking the potential that was always in that seed of corn. I kind of look at my own life too and wonder what could be unlocked if I allow God to work in my life as well. And, and I think to me, that's the other takeaway. Uh, there's usually so much more than what appears on the surface if we let God work in our lives.
5: Mm, that is so true. You know, that goes with with everything, with stewardship. You know, even in tithing, God says, if you'll just be obedient, that's the one thing that you can test me in. Test mm. me and see if I won't open the the floodgates of heaven. And we get so consumed. You know, we get so short-sighted. We look at our paychecks and we look at the bills coming in, especially in this, this era of high inflation. And you know, we just don't see how more, how more money could come in. And we just totally underestimate that locked up potential that God puts inside all of us and in all of his resources that he's made for all of his kids. So, you know, you've been keeping us up to date on the drought situation, the Mississippi River being low. Can you, can you tell us anything about what's going on there?
0: Yeah, it's getting a little bit better. They've been doing some drudging uh, to try and deepen some of the channels. And we're also, have had some rains that have, have risen the levels a little bit. Uh, right now, we're seeing it move better than it had been moving. Uh, but I, I think as we get into the winter months, and, and especially as we see decreased water flow coming out of the Missouri River, uh, I, I think we're going to see those levels drop back again, uh, which is going to make it challenging. But But for now, uh, we're, we're seeing better movement, certainly, than we had uh, last time we talked. So it's that's encouraging from that perspective.
5: That is encouraging, considering the shortage in the trucking industry, diesel fuel prices being high. And what about this potential railroad strike? Has there been any, any further you know, developments that's,
0: there? Uh, that's looking like it's getting closer to becoming a reality again. They, they keep kicking the can down the road just a little bit. Uh, but uh, the articles that I've been seeing again today... Uh, indicate. I, I know there's two that have two uh, unions that have have turned it down, and there doesn't seem to be any give in that. Uh, and I'm I'm almost. I, I guess I'm kind of at the point now where I, I think that we're going to see uh, see that strike come to fruition. I believe uh, mm-hmm. they pushed the uh, potential strike date back. Uh, initially, it was in October before the election, course, they moved it then to November 19th, and now they've kicked the can again. Right now, the the strike date would be December fourth, um, mm. but I'm really not seeing the progress there that we would would like to see to, to think that we're going to avoid it. So I guess in in my mind, I'm, I'm kind of thinking it's it's going to happen.
1: Mm.
5: Yeah, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens in December as we have that that deadline for the or the the strike potentially being pushed into December. We, we're going to start to see some of those sanctions for fuel happening in the EU. It's getting colder up there. Um, you know, just all of those those things kind of come in together. And then if the uh, Mississippi River goes low again, that's going to be another issue, because uh, one of the things that goes up the river is the fertilizer, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Fertilizer is uh, very, very heavily dependent on, on barge traffic to get that into position. So that's it's going to be crucial to watch that. And, and of course, our ability to export uh, with such a, a large percentage of grain, Getting barged down the river to export terminals. Uh, it's, it's, it's a crucial time. And um, certainly from an agricultural standpoint, we're very dependent on how barges get on rail.
5: Yeah. Well, Craig, it's always so interesting to have you here on the program. You really bring it home and, and show us how these things that are happening impact us. So, folks, I hope you won't go anywhere. We're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back and we're going to get to more of your questions and comments.
2: If you like what you're hearing right now, you're going to love going to the website FISM.TV. FISM.TV is the home of nationally syndicated TV, radio, and podcast Financial Issues with Shanna Burt. But it's also home to the Engaging History program, A Moment in History, and the news show FISM News. So keep listening to this show right here and right now, but later when you're done, go visit our website. It's FISM.TV to learn more about this show and plenty more. I pray that in these trying times, that I can lead him in a way that I know will leave a godly imprint on his heart forever. And
5: And to show her how to live a life that is pure, I want her to understand how precious life is,
1: and to to take care care of his body. To eat right and exercise and understand that his body is a temple temple of of God.
3: I pray that our family will love Jesus, read his word daily,
2: and obey his teaching. The values that we share should guide us in the way that we invest. Make sure that you are investing in companies whose policies and practices align with pro-life, pro-family values. Visit thetimothyplan.com or call for more information.
4: Advance the kingdom in the way that you invest. issues, and I appreciate what you have done for uh, the average citizen. I became a partner back in June, July, and the best thing I've done, I've taken over 30 years of my savings and um, have been able to manage it through your process, and I have a much greater peace and sense uh, that I'm doing the Lord's will, so anybody that's thinking about it, do it, and uh, also get on the portfolio tracker, I enjoy doing it myself, I'm learning a ton.
2: Securities offered through GA REPL and Company, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. Opinions expressed by Shanna are hers alone and are for informational purposes only, and do not necessarily represent those of GA REPL or the outlet on which you are listening. You should consider how the information applies to your situation prior to personally implementing it and consult any financial professional you work with to make sure it's applicable to your financial plan.
5: Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm your host, Shanna Burt, and I hope you paid attention to that little disclaimer there uh, so you'll know the lens in which we are answering questions. So without further ado, let's get to some questions. Right now, we've got Rob calling from Ohio. Hi, Rob.
4: Good morning, Shanna. I had a couple of questions for you, and uh, just I'm, not, I'm, I'm a slow learner, so you have to uh, have patience with me. Okay so I had questions I have i'm I'm fifty two and um, we were checking our looking at our asset allocation model. Um, I was reading through the commentary that you wrote about um, about slowing down until possibly after and not buying anything until possibly after the conference call um, but my question that being said would be um, in our asset allocation models, we are very low on financial REITs. We're, we have no technology stocks in there. And um, it, we do need uh, – we, we, it does show that we should get TPLC and TPLE. Uh, and my question to you is, what, what should I focus on, if, if anything, right now?
5: Today you could focus on the tech stocks. So that is regardless of um, which way it pans out, those are going to stay. I'm assuming you're you're in that 45 to 55 model, so that will definitely stay a part of that model. Maybe just focus on on picking up one position right now. You could buy. There is one REIT that is on the buy list that you could get into. That that would be fine. I think those allocations will stay. Um, pretty close to the same, so you could you could pick something up there, but just don't don't go crazy. Avoid the ETFs right now until you see what the the new asset allocations are going to be. But um, I would wait and just make sure you take a screenshot if you're using that portfolio tracker. Uh, because anytime we go in and update the asset allocation models, I wish it weren't so, but it resets that column of the sector. So make sure that you, you have that so you can recode them fairly quickly.
4: Okay, do you, um, do you how how do I? I was looking through and I couldn't tell like how to decipher what a specific technology stock is um, on the buy list.
5: So we've've we've started adding in more information there. We've included these the subsector or the industry within the sector so you want to make sure that you read the description. Um, there is a there is a, a fairly long description there of what the company does. If you want to know more you can click on the little I" icon, it's like an eye in a circle, I think, or the I think maybe it's an arrow. And it'll it'll expand it. It'll give you more information about the company. But in our descriptions we tell you whether it's a a large cap, small cap, mid cap, or micro cap. That has to do with the volatility. So the larger a company is, um, the less volatile it should be over the long term, although anything in the technology sector has the potential to have a lot of volatility. Um, So you want to pay attention to that. You want to also pay attention to the subsector. That will help you differentiate and make sure you have an diversification within the sector.
4: Sounds great. Thank you so much for all that help.
5: All right, Rob. Well, I think you're doing a great job. Hang in there and keep going. All right, Seth, what do we have on social? Yeah, let's start with
6: social here, Shanna. We've got Anne is saying, if buying a certificate of deposit in a Roth account, are you required to pay taxes on the interest? Blessings to the team. By the way, this is Anne on Facebook.
5: Okay, that's a great question. The short answer is no. So the great thing about a Roth, as long as it stays that way, is that you get tax-free growth. So as long as the money stays in the Roth, you don't ever get a tax uh, deduction for putting money in. It's after-tax dollars that go into a Roth, but all of the growth, whether it comes from capital appreciation or interest or dividends, is tax-free. So I don't know that I would be a huge fan of buying a CD in a Roth account because of that tax-free growth. That is the most advantageous type of account that you have to get the most growth that you can, so I'm more of a, a fan. If you have other types of accounts, like taxable accounts or even IRA accounts, to hold to do your CDs there, and you should include all of your accounts, all of your investable dollars as one portfolio.
6: Nice, Jana. A couple more things here on the website and on Facebook as well. Augie from Texas is saying great news on the retreat. Excited for it, Augie. I hope to meet you there, brother. It's going to be yeah. fun. Yeah, uh, Sherry is saying I don't trust anything Biden says. <laughs> Sherry, I think I agree with you,
5: <laughs> uh, Joanne. Maybe it's his- just wishful thinking that I want to uh, believe what he says about the-, the Republicans taking the House. Yeah, right. And uh,
6: you know what? He uh, right. He does say things that that are truthful, but generally. I don't really trust him either. Uh, Brian from Missouri saying, the thing I don't understand about Trump is if he knows the election was stolen from him, why would he run again? Does he think the Dems will not cheat again if they did it already? It's an interesting thought, Brian.
5: Yeah, it is. And, you know, for whatever you might say about Trump, he's not stupid. So the fact that he is willing to run again makes me think that he has some confidence in what the elections might be like.
6: Yep, absolutely. The other Brian from our list of Brian's watching on the website, Brian from Virginia is saying, gosh, I wish he wouldn't run man up, grow up and support more electable conservative candidates. Brian, it's, it's an interesting thought, man. And I can <laughs> see your point with it for sure. Uh, you know, I will say part of it is you have to look at Trump's track record. I mean, he did a lot of good things for this country during his four years in office. Was he a stand up guy all the time? Absolutely not. Would I like someone who's a little more morally sound definitely i would but if it's trump versus anyone that the democrats are putting forward it's a no-brainer for me
5: yeah absolutely um you know i think it will be a little bit of shake up in the in the republican party but there's still a lot of common folks that just love what trump did and love him or hate him he got things done he, did. he had the backbone he had the um He had the personality and the things that he was saying was true. We may not have liked his personality or his tactics or, you know, whatever it was. But, you know, I really believe that he has the best interest of the American people at heart. He wants America to be great again. And he knows that for America to be great, the people have to be in a position where they're great. There's just, you know, it's almost like. Anyone that the establishment comes against is an endorsement to me because, you know, for, for someone who doesn't want to lose their power and their position, um, you know, you really have to take a deeper look at why not, you know, why are they there? I mean, it's just I, I was remembering that, you know, when Obama came into office, his net worth was Really low, like in the hundreds of thousands, like less than a million. And I think he's a billionaire now. Oh, you know?
2: definitely.
5: So how, how does something like that happen? Why are people going to Washington? Is it because they want to make this country better? Or is it because they want to make their own uh, personal net worth sheets better? And, you know, Donald Trump doesn't have that motivation. He's got money, Um He's so it's just it's it's a hard thing, you know, but I think if anybody can get stuff done, it is definitely Donald Trump. He's got the track record. So if it ends up, which I don't think that the Democrats are going to put Biden forward again. But if it ended up being Biden versus Trump again, they both got they're both going to have track records. We're going to be able to look at the facts of what the Trump economy looked like. We're going to be able to look at the facts of what the Biden economy looked like. We're going to be able to look at the facts about what are the social issues. You know, how how did the social issues pan out? And I mean, it's not going to be hard to see what's.
6: A better choice so yeah it, it is true shanna brian from virginia regardless it is a uh, it is a good point point well taken i think a great way to end our time on social here shanna <laughs> is a great comment from joe in texas who's saying remember the true king we serve i have to every day or i will go insane joe i agree <laughs> with you reminder that we do not serve trump or biden or anyone in the oval office we serve the lord jesus christ who is on the throne and will be on the throne forever
5: that is right. And it brings me back, You know, we keep talking about what John Quincy Adams said is that duty is ours, but the results are God's. And so if we can just agree with what God says in everything, then we'll have a whole lot of peace. If we get engaged, if we stay engaged in the world and what the world is saying all the time, then we're, you know, the the enemy doesn't even have to steal our peace. In that case, we're just willingly, giving it up. So we it's a constant reminder for me every single day as I'm listening to the news, as I'm looking at the economics, as I'm looking at the market, as I'm, I'm hearing what's being said on social. Um, you know, you can end up in a really bad place if you stay there all the time. So it's a constant reminder. We have to fix our eyes on Jesus. We have to fix our eyes on the things that are above. Um, otherwise, you know, we're going to be just as as bad as, as the world is. Well, folks, we are coming up on a break here. We're going to take a short break, and then we're going to get right back to your questions and your comments. I'm Shanna Burt, and we'll be back with more financial issues in just a minute.
2: People are talking a lot about healthcare these days. There are so many changes, so many questions. As Christians, where can we turn for answers? At Samaritan Ministries, we believe the answer is in Jesus Christ, working in the lives of his people, demonstrating Christian community by sharing each other's medical needs, scripturally, faithfully. Here's just part of Brett's story in his own words. When I reflect on Samaritan Ministries, the biggest
6: thing that stands out to me is that we, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament. Christianity. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. It it, it has a profound impact
2: on people like me and my wife. Brett is just one of more than 150,000 members who are sharing over $13 million in medical needs each month. If you'd like to experience what it's like to partner with other Christians for your health care needs, and you'd like to see what other members are saying, visit MySamaritanStory.org.
1: All throughout the Red Light District in India, women are trapped in a cycle of survival through prostitution. But they're not alone. Their children are there, hiding in back alleys, under a bed, or asleep in a room not far from the drugs and brothels outside. Five million of these children are trapped in the Red Light Districts of India, at a high risk of being abused or used in the trade themselves. But India Partners has made a way for you to rescue these children and relocate them to a safe, clean home in a safe neighborhood where not only their physical needs will be provided for, but they'll be introduced to the love of Jesus. And hopefully, with these resources, both the child and their mother can escape the sex trade and start a new life outside the red light district. Just $62 will provide a week of safety for one of these children and $275 will provide for a whole month. Visit indiapartners.org to see how your gift can reach into the red light district and provide days of safety for one of these five million children
3: have you ever thought about banking with a credit union instead of a traditional bank
1: not really but i think my parents have a credit union account
3: do you know the difference between a bank and a credit union Mm, no banks are owned by stockholders so they do their best to make profits for them but credit unions are owned by their members and the members see their profits through lower rates and higher interest on savings accounts. And at Christian Community Credit Union, our mission is to help members and ministries become better stewards and achieve their financial goals. Our mobile and tablet apps provide easy, safe and convenient banking. It's like banking at your fingertips 24/7. When you bank with us, you're banking with someone who shares your faith and values. To get started today, visit us online at mycccu.com. Christian Community Credit Union, your money building God's kingdom.
2: The opinions and recommendations expressed on this program do not necessarily represent the opinions of the station or any of the program's sponsors. Additionally, all products or services offered by the program sponsors may not be known by the program.
5: Welcome back to Financial Issues for the Home Stretch. Here I'm your host, Shanna Burt, and we're here answering some of your questions. Just wanted to mention that if you did, if you're just tuning in and you didn't catch the earlier part of the show, go back and listen to the 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 first half of the show. We had Craig Halgard on, and he usually does our ag report and talks about commodities and the all of the farmers and ranchers just um, are so. Helped by the information that he brings us, but we, we did a little bit of talking about the potential that's locked up in a corn seed. So I'm not going to spoil it for you. I'm gonna. I'll, I want you to go back and listen. You can do that on the phone app. Um, you can watch or listen. You can go back and catch all of the episodes as well as the podcast on Apple and Spotify. And. I believe YouTube we post some things on I'm sure we'll probably get a little clip of that out on Facebook too. But we talked about the potential that's locked up in the corn seed and how the yields have increased over time and the the providence of God and how God, you know, he sees us, he knows our needs and he provides everything that we need and you know, he talks about seed a lot of time and the concept of a seed that when you plant one seed how much Yield comes from that seed. You know, there's, um, Craig talked about what it was way back and what it is now and how much that has just exponentially grown. And, you know, we talk a lot in church about planting financial seeds. And you can do we encourage you to do that. You know, one, we help you invest biblically responsibly to help defund darkness, but we also encourage you to fund the light. So ways that you can do that. You know, uh, AFA has been a longtime partner of ours and they offer a charitable gift annuity. So if if you are in a situation where you're looking for some permanent income, where you're first and foremost, where you're looking to make a gift or plan a seed into a ministry that does such great things. You can go to their website. You can see all of the things that they do. But when you uh, in, invest in their charitable gift annuity, you're going to get a couple of things. You're going to get a, a permanent income from the AFA Foundation, and you're going to get a tax deduction. Now, of course, we never give to get. But you know, if we're going to be a good steward and maximize all of the benefits that come with being obedient to God, which is doing the giving, and then that's a great way to do it. So you can see their phone number up there on the screen. If you're not watching, it's one 800 326 4, three extension 345 and you can call and you can ask them all your questions about how a charitable gift annuity works so that you can decide if that is something that is good for you. And that's one of the things that we do here at the ministry is we help you. You know, a lot of times you are the uh, the best person to be trusted for your financial situation. After all, you are the one that's going to stand before the Lord and give the answer to how you handled the time, talent and treasure that he trusted you with. So um, if you if you can trust yourself to do the management of your own portfolio, you can partner with us. You can come alongside this ministry Um, that helps keep us on the air and actually gives us the ability to be in more places so more people can hear about us and we give you those asset allocation models and those um, references to the stock buy and sell list to help you be your own financial advisor because you know your situation best well, Let's try to get to the rest of these. We've, we've had a lot of interaction today. Let's, let's try to get to some of that.
6: Yeah, good stuff, Shannon. Let's do it. Uh, first one here, I just want to mention this one. This is Joanne on Facebook. She's saying, I'm a partner, but I'm not receiving any updates or information from FISM. Uh, wondering if you have my personal email address. Uh, Joanne, do me a favor. Send an email either to Pat or to me, Seth at FISM.tv. You can send one to either or both of us, and we'll make sure that we have your updated email there. I just wanted to make sure that you knew that.
5: Yep. So as we're you know we're still reeling from the loss of our founder Dan Celia, earlier this year, and as we're going through and learning some of the things that uh, that he used to take care of, uh, we're finding that there are some partners that are have been paused. Or um, so if you are a partner, make sure that you log in. Make sure that you're. Your partnership is fully functioning, but it may just be that your credit card expired, that we need a new expiration date, but um, that's a great way to do it. So if you log in, if you can't get logged in, email Pat or Seth. They can help you do that. If you didn't get the email, then you can still find the information for the partner conference call on the website under partners tab and conference call.
6: Good call, Shanna. We got one here from Marilyn who's saying the sixty-five and up model includes several uh, Timothy uh, positions there, but we have those in another mo- in another portfolio at Timothy. Those specific three. Do we just ignore these deficits in our sixty-five and up model, knowing these are covered elsewhere? And I'm seventy-six years old.
5: Um, so again, you know, I'm a fan of putting all of your investment portfolio on the portfolio tracker. Using one model, so as long as whatever buckets of money that you have, whether they're in a Roth account or a traditional account or a um, taxable account, they all, or whether they're hold, held at Timothy or held at a discount brokerage or held anywhere else, I think they are considered. Everything all together is considered your portfolio, and you should take a holistic, big picture approach. And put all of those accounts onto the portfolio tracker. I think when you do that, it becomes really apparent where that money needs to be deployed because, um, you know, even though you have deficits in one account, you may have those holes filled in another account. And by putting them all together, it's gonna to show you exactly where you need to go.
6: Very nice, Shanna. This one just came in from John as well. It's a good question. Should my wife and I cancel our Amazon Prime membership?
5: Hmm. Good question. <laughs> That's always a tricky one. You know, um, so there is a difference between patronage and ownership. So, whenever you invest in a company, that means that you buy shares of a publicly traded company. If you own one share of Amazon or Walmart or whatever it is, then you are an owner of your company. And you're entitled to your share of how that company does, whether it's good or bad. You know, the stock price can move up or down. If the company pays dividends, they pay it to the owners of the company, which are the shareholders. So, there is, in my opinion, a biblically responsible um, aspect in investing. However, On the flip side of that, patronage. So patronage is where you buy goods and services. That's what you're doing with Amazon. You're you're buying goods and services from them. So when you exchange your money for a good or a service, that good or service is yours to steward, but the money no longer belongs to you. The money is now the responsibility of the company that has it. So they have responsibility for what they do with that. Um, There is an alternative to Amazon, and we've had the founder of publicsq.com on the program a couple of times, and uh, when I saw Amazon's earnings come out, I was hoping, just wishful thinking, that maybe so many of us were switching over to something like a publicsq.com to To do goods and services, and that's just really going above and beyond. you know uh, if, if you can find alternatives, some people can't. you know there's some people that live in parts of the country where the only store around them is a Walmart. you know they'd have to drive another hundred miles just to get to something else. So um, you know if you can go above and beyond that's a, that's a great thing to do
6: awesome. And as well, Shanna, once again, Amazon Smile might not be the worst thing in the world to keep that Amazon Prime account and use Smile.
5: That's right. That's good.
6: Uh, Here's a great comment here, Shanna. I referenced this in the last segment and we'll get to it here. Brian from Missouri saying, so Biden wants another $39 billion for Ukraine, pushing total to Ukraine of around 90 billion. Brian, I did not know that. That is insane. I sure hope the GOP puts the brakes on this reckless spending. As a taxpayer, I'd like to know, what's the game plan? Is the US trying to get Russia and Ukraine to the table to try to put an end to this? Or are we on the hook to keep spending billions of our tax dollars to fund this war? I'm personally getting fed up with this. How about the other European countries chip in some more money. Good thoughts there, Shanna. Honestly, I, I'm, I'm feeling some similar ways too. I'm not so sure exactly, like, when is this going to stop? When are we going to stop funding this war?
5: Yeah. You know, there is a humanitarian component to it over there. And I think that the body of Christ will be a good resource to help with all of that. You know, there's so many ministries that are, that are doing great works over there. But, you know, we're not only sending money, but we're draining our strategic oil reserve to try to keep gas prices low of course that is just until next month we'll see what happens with oil prices with gasoline prices after that comes to a stop or if president biden will continue to exercise the option that he laid out on the table to continue to drain the spr so we're draining our spr we're te- tearing down our military you know just the the morale of the military by all of this Uh, vaccine nonsense, you know, we've had so many people leave the military, we've had recruiting just in the tank because nobody wants to join a military that is going to treat someone who's willing to give up their lives i mean i i would i would say that people are much more willing to give up their lives on the battlefield to protect freedom than to go and fight for a, a country or an organization that's going to try to take their personal freedoms away from them freedoms over their own body to decide what's best for them so um you know lots of things that need to stop in this country and you know this administration, this party, has had two years to try to do some things, and boy, have they done some things. We've seen Amen. we're seeing inflation at all time highs. We've seen gas prices skyrocket, food prices skyrocket, and. Um, we're, I don't think this country is even more united than when he took office because that's what that's what he proposed to do was to heal the country. But you know he does keep reminding us that is it is a battle for the soul of this nation. And so I hope that you all got out and voted, and I hope you voted your values. And if you if you don't know what those values are, I would encourage you to get into some Word of God. A great way to do that is to join the Financial Issues Bible Study that Seth leads every Friday morning. You can find the information to join there at financialissues.org under the Resources tab. There's a number that you can call and log in. In the meantime, remember that all we have is is the Lord's. Let us be found good and faithful stewards of everything that we've been entrusted with. If we
4: ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under.
0: Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production.